Hi, and welcome to the Crit Hit Wild podcast, where we talk about all things Marvel Crisis Protocol and review a different character every week. I'm your host, Jared. I'm Brad. And I'm Fred. And uh, yeah, we're the Crit Hit Wild guys. So uh, we have had a couple weeks off for those of you who uh, you know actively listen and stuff. Um, that was due to both a vacation on my part, as well as just some uh, real-life things going on. Uh, but we are back, and over the slight break that we've had, uh, we are doing uh, some slight format changes uh, to the podcast. So uh, just real quick, if you usually listen to this on YouTube, uh, what we're going to be doing is, in the past, we have split our podcast up between um, both the full version and then we usually upload the character review segment uh, to YouTube only. Uh, what we're going to be doing uh, from here on out, hopefully, if everything you know goes smooth, is we're going to upload our full uh, podcast to YouTube. Uh, you'll still be able to listen to the full thing on Spotify, uh, Google, Apple, wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, but we're going to upload the full thing to YouTube. And if you are only interested in hearing uh, the character review segment and not our you know mindless rambling, uh, everything will be timestamped in chapters for you in the description. So you, you'll be able to find it uh, and just skip straight to the uh, character review part. Um, but uh, yeah, we'll have a couple uh, different segments, uh, some newer ones that we haven't quite done before in the podcast. So I hope you guys enjoy them. Uh, any feedback that you have for us, please let us know in the comments or you can email us at crithitwild at gmail.com. Uh, feel free to let us know. Uh, yeah, we'd love to hear from you guys. But anyways, yeah. Brad, Fred, how you guys doing? I'm Brad. I'm doing good. <laughs> uh, Fred, you are currently on vacation as well, aren't you? I am. This is just vacation time. Yep. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I hope we're having a good time out there visiting the family. Yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm out in beautiful North Carolina. And yeah. I'm, if you hear me get attacked by a bear, it's probably because I'm being attacked by a bear. Last but time, that's fine. Last time Brandon had you at gunpoint, maybe he secretly... That is why he's not here today, is that he is secretly dressed up as a bear, ready to attack you. Oh, and where, he's going to Yeah. Oh, my he was, God. He was very excited for Ursa Major, so... There it is. <laughs> he's just cosplaying. That's what he's, been, that's what he's doing with this time. <laughs> uh, well, some uh, news and announcements uh, regarding MCP... <clears throat> Uh, a couple things since we've been off that I uh, do want to talk about uh, really quick. Um, on the tournament front, uh, for as far as major conventions are going, I believe NashCon is currently happening. Uh, so there's going to be a lot of good rosters and lists to talk about coming out of NashCon. I also believe that it is an LVO qualifier, so you know, good luck to everybody participating in that. As far as locally goes, we have a tournament. Uh, well, as you guys listen to this, we'll, we'll hopefully have just wrapped up a tournament, or the tournament will be starting, uh, whatever. But uh, we have one in our local Charleston scene, uh, Saturday the 20th. Um, there is uh, one being hosted at the Fabricators Forge in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and that's on August 27th. So if you're interested, maybe... Uh, you're near Pittsburgh, and you've been looking for a spot to play, or maybe you don't know about the Fabricators Forge, uh, go hit them up. Uh, Brad's been to one of their, maybe one or two of their tournaments, right? One, and Fred was with me. It was a great time. It was, I, I hope, it was so much fun. It was I'm great. I'm hoping someone can go with me the 27, but it's not sounding like it. Well, I've heard it, uh, well, according to you guys, it, it seemed like it was pretty well run and everything, right? Yeah, it was very good. Yep, so Fabricators Forge, they run monthly tournaments, same as our Charleston area. I, I think he's hit every month, right? I don't think he's missed any. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, yeah, if you guys are interested in that, please go give him, uh, not him, go give Fabricators Forge uh, a checkout and go down there and play. They'd love to have you. Um, and other news and announcements, we had some tactics cards that got released uh, during our uh, slight break. Um, I'm just going to kind of touch on those really quick and see what you guys think. Uh, we had gotten tactics cards for Ursa Major and Red Guardian, so they were not out at the time of our character reviews, but we can look at them now. Uh, one of them is called Bear Hug. Uh, that's an unaffiliated reactive card, and it's for Ursa Major. When an enemy character declares a move action while within one of an allied Ursa Major, 
He may play this card. The enemy character may spend three power. If they do not, they can only use the short movement tool when resolving this move action. So I was a little bit close with my prediction. It did mess around with movement, but it, it didn't prevent them from making a move action, which I think would have been cooler. But uh, What do you guys think about this card? I I'm, think I'd probably sleep on it if I played this faction. Yeah, uh, th there. This card is full of weasels. It's it, there's so many ways around it. I mean, it, if one, it just reduces it to a short move, which is big in circumstances. But uh, and and Ursa Major does tend to be right up in the enemy's grill. But uh, I, I I don't. I'm I'm not blown away by this. It's it, it, it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. It's not bad. I mean, yeah. it is a it is a useful effect. Does it make five the five? I don't. I don't. I'm not big on it. I think that this probably, you know, I really see this being a lot of fun in like ultimate encounters. When like stuff is getting like real wonky. Okay. So I I, I think this is a fun card to take in ultimate encounters and stuff. But <laughs> as far as competitive play, I, I I'm not a huge fan of it. But um, the other one that is, uh, I think, way more interesting is uh, it's called Comrades Keeper. So it's unaffiliated and reactive. States when an enemy character targets an allied character within three of an allied Red Guardian with an attack, Red Guardian may spend two to play this card. Place Red Guardian within two of the allied character. Red Guardian becomes the target of the attack regardless of range and line of sight. If Red Guardian suffers damage from the attack and is not dazed, after the attack is resolved, throw the attacking character away from Red Guardian's short. So it's here's for hire, except Red Guardian pays for it. So, uh, I mean, I think that I mean, Heroes for Hire is an amazing card in general. Uh, are you guys pretty high on this card yourself? Yes. I, I think this card's good, yeah. It'll get played. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is great. The, the Heroes for Hire can ruin your day. Like, if you're playing against it. And there, this one can as well. <laughs> there is no bodyguard card that does not get played. Yeah. I Every single one of them gets played. I'm saying it right now, like, the fact that it's unaffiliated is, it's pretty gross. Because there are... No, he, here's for Hire isn't affiliated either. Yeah. Not, but neither the, is Venom. The fact that both yeah. of these exist now, like the um, the Heroes for Hire yeah. effects, if you take like yeah. Red Guardian and Avengers with like, and you're probably already taking Luke Cage or Iron Fist, and you have both of these cards, like especially with the new changes, you're this is probably easily able to make it to your to your five. Now that you don't yeah. have like field dressing and everything, and before having Heroes for Hire required. Like, there's a lot of thought you have to put into when you're doing stuff to kind of play around or try to mitigate Heroes for Hire. And now that, you know, things like Sam can have two of these, it's just, I don't know, it's extra obnoxious to me, I feel like. But Hey, this is a weird corner case. Uh, <laughs> could you trigger one of them off the other one? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know why you would. But that's that's interesting. <laughs> you can also just like here's for hire. If they target Red Guardian, you can still play the card. Yep, he can play it on himself. You, okay. Yeah. Yeah, and and then he just throws them away after they hit him. Yeah. Yeah. There's that's, some. God, that's really good. There's some God, really interesting leapfrogging that you can do. I mean, I don't know why. So in your uh, particular case, I don't know why you would do both. Like I feel like you would save cards, but yeah. I've seen before where um someone so like venom was like pushed to hell right i think sure you're somebody might have pushed him like way way back to the back of the board so <clears throat> which is terrible that's not where you know um venom wants to be wants to be up at the front somebody let me see if i can remember this correctly i believe someone attacked a character that character played sacrifice on someone else the sacrifice target was bodyguarded which was then lethal protected <laughs> and it put venom back up like yeah back up in the fray so i don't know that there's some really interesting stuff that you can do with cards like that but yeah so uh bear hug pretty high on it 
Comrades Keeper, not so much, but... Uh, I, I think you said that backwards. Uh, what I say? You, you said Bear Hug, High on it, Comrades Protector, not so much. Oh, if I said that, that's wrong. That's wrong. Yeah. Comrades Keeper's good. <laughs> bear around. Hug, bad. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, but uh, as far as uh, other news announcements, uh, AMG uh, hasn't had too much. I mean, we, we have some of the releases coming out, so Winter Guard as well as Malekith, which we'll talk about that here uh, shortly. Uh, but not too much else. I know that they did a, I think it was today, or maybe it was yesterday, but they did a Sentinel teaser again, reposting uh, what they showed at Mini Stravaganza. That was, that was today. For okay. okay. So, yep. I would assume, I don't think that they will be coming out in September, because September is Hydra, correct? I believe so. Mm, I think that's right. So maybe we're looking at like November... October, November. If it was October, that'd be pretty sweet, but I don't know if that's the case. Uh, it should be year-end, though, so that's exciting. I, I'm looking forward to seeing the Sentinel models like in full. I think that they're pretty cool. Well, uh, let's switch over to uh, Cerebro uh, news. Do you have anything interesting for us as far as Cerebro goes? Uh, the only like noticeable thing that people will notice is that uh, I added a tag to all the neutral tactics cards. It's just neutral. Mm-hmm. So if you are looking to add neutral cards to your um, list, you can just go to tags, type in neutral, and it will only list the neutral cards. Nice. Cards that don't need an affiliation or a character. Just out of curiosity, uh, do you know how many uh, unique users you have on Cerebro now? Uh, it's above 3,500. That's awesome. (laughs) That's awesome. Uh, I'll get to that also more in a sec. Uh, but that's, I mean, I just want to, you know, hand clap. Congratulations, Brad, for making such a, for such a sweet app for us. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty happy with it. All right. Uh, well, let's start with our first new segment. And that's going to be a Longshanks factoid. So Brad has uh, done a little bit of Longshanks research, and he has something interesting for us this week. So what do you got? Uh, Well, I'm going to preface this a lot, so bear with me. Uh, First thing is that I've actually started listening to other podcasts on MCP. Only the episodes about mutants, though. But um, I've heard (laughs) a couple different people talking about X-Men, which is like the list i play the most how they're really good at flip scenarios and they are Mm -hmm. uh, but that's going to lead into the other thing the the other thing i want to talk about is that uh there's this cool feature and i think you have to give Longshanks money to unlock this but there are player statistics that you can look at Mm -hmm. and you look at them at anyone and you can even break it down by affiliation so i was in here um, and I was looking at my general statistics and I was like looking at the scenarios I play the most and whatnot. And something struck me. I was like, well, I mostly play that with X-Men. So I went to my, you can filter down to just X-Men. And I have played one scenario a lot more than the other scenarios. And it's Infinity Formula Goes Missing. Okay. Which, which is not a scenario other X-Men players are playing. And um, and I noticed something when I, when I flipped it. So I, I played it 15 times with my X-Men. Uh, do you guys know how many times I've won on that scenario? You've played it 15 times? 15 times. You've won every single time when you're on that scenario? I didn't. I've not won every single time. I'm gonna say eleven. I've won fourteen out of fifteen. Oh my games. gosh! <laughs> Holy moly! Ninety-three percent win rate with the scenario. Other X-Men players aren't playing, so I obviously play the scenario well with my X-Men. I was curious about what that one game was, and it turns out it was against Les, where he played. Uh, his list was. Magneto, Juggernaut, Hulk. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I lost that game. 
<laughs> but I've won every other game I've played with Infinity Formula goes missing with my X-Men. I thought that was pretty cool. Like, that's a really high play rate to win rate. That is statistically uh, significant. <laughs> yeah. So I, I am not dropping that scenario from my list. I did change my third scenario based on, like, what people said and thinking about it and stuff. Because I used to have Riot Spark, and I changed it. I'm not playing Riot Spark anymore. I believe, if I remember correctly, talking about X-Men, I think, uh, so the current TTS uh, Season 8 is running right now. Um, I want to say that, like, X-Men have won, like, 60%, maybe close to 70% of their games. Of their games. Yeah. Uh, people are people are starting to figure out X Men. Um, they are much better now than they used to be. Like that wave with X twenty three and Rogue and Colossus and Magic. Like that really helped them out. Uh, from my understanding, it's a lot of pay pay to flips. Well, like we were talking about, a lot of wide yeah. tracks, a lot of pay to flips, and yes. going very wide and really just uh, utilizing first class. Uh, really well yep. for themselves so yep get ahead right at the beginning uh i've also played research station seven times and won every single game i don't have that card in my list that's probably me <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's, that's i mean it's, me. <laughs> it's several opponents but i've won a hundred percent of the times my x-men have been dropped into research station <laughs> All right, well, um, talking about games that have been played, <coughs> we were able to uh, play some games this past week at our local game night. I was actually able to make it out for once, and uh, I guess I probably should have included this in the news, but if you are subscribed to us on YouTube and you watch our content there, we actually will uh, hopefully have some uh, some games uploaded before too long. Um, we had a game recorded as well as... Uh, found two games that we had that uh, we thought lost to the salt mines, but uh, here we go. We have it. Uh, we have the film. So hopefully there'll be some gameplay videos uploaded for you guys here within the next week. Um, we also plan to record some more at our tournament that we're going to have. So uh, stay tuned as far as that goes and uh, check it out. But as far as our uh, games played, uh, me and Fred played a couple games. One of them was recorded, so I won't touch on that one too much. But I was able to take out Malekith, and I was able to play it into Fred's uh, Criminal Syndicate. And the first one we had was an absolute bloodbath, which was Gamma and Researcher. And I just want to touch on that a little bit, because I feel like whenever you're looking at Gamma Researcher, and you chose to play Kingpin Affiliation. Yes, it did. You would think that that was like a really good... Like, like that was would have very well dominated that for you. Or you would have dominated yeah. that that scenario. Yeah, you would think. <laughs> you like it fits right into how I want to play, right? <laughs> yeah, it's just <sighs> putting Malicus on the table. I do still have uh, some of the same. I I feel like I have Dormammu PTSD a little bit because I I'm normally the type of miniatures player that likes to run like a lot of spammy stuff or a lot of like cheap people or um, like in Star Wars Legion, I like to play droids and that's because they're just a bunch of little weak things that I couldn't give a shit about, but I have a lot of them. Um, so Marvel has really, it's ruined me a little bit because they keep coming out with all these like huge, gorgeous set pieces <laughs> and um it makes me want to play them, but the the threat value is so high. And Dormammu, um, I did play him quite a bit, and I you know I had some success with him, but he just it's so much threat to invest in one character, and you really need to get you know your activations worth out of all of it. I felt that Malekith did pretty good, and I mean you played against him. What what did you think, kind of playing against him where he just released? Yeah, so uh, from my perspective, he's a ball buster. He, he, he basically just walked in and dragged me across the ground all game. Uh, he's hard to deal with. He's 
got that that damn is it it's called ferocity right where he just glides in hits you and throws you and he kept doing that to my big boys so i kept having my own people thrown at me and i want to i want to touch on that just briefly i feel like if he did not have that ability i'm i probably i don't know that i would have won that game because i think throwing like your size yeah. like call uh, black dwarf like off the point help me at least c- keep parity you know what i mean well, uh, let's talk about what the score was for that game <laughs> before oh, you fair. say you would have fair. lost it. Because because the score for that game was 1-16 to 16 in favor of Malekith, in favor of Jared. Now, uh, a lot of that is because Jared's an excellent player. Uh, but also, <laughs> also uh, Malekith is a ball buster, everybody. Malekith's really good. <laughs> he it, it's, he yeah, will he hit good. you. Well, especially for me, because I was playing a list where I was... The the gameplay plan for Kingpin is outlast your opponent on the zone. And Malekith just turns that into an impossibility. That just can't happen if you're playing Malekith. It, so, are you sure you just scored one? I thought you scored like at least three. Uh, I did a lot better in our second game. That is true, which we won't talk about. Uh, but yes... <laughs> I I play I scored a total of one victory point. <laughs> I, I could have swore you scored more than that. Uh, but nope. the the second game, <laughs> which we won't touch on, uh, it was uh, Criminal Syndicate versus Malekith, and it was on Scoundrels and uh, Researcher again, right? And they got yeah, because I yeah, yeah. drew Researcher twice. So that was a really tight game. That was another one that is a fairly good setup for Criminal Syndicate. So if you do want to watch uh, Malekith Cabal versus uh, Criminal Syndicate on Scoundrels and stuff to kind of see how that plays out, uh, give it a watch. Uh, you will see the most dickhead fire hydrant that you have ever oh seen in your God, life. Fire hydrant. <laughs> <laughs> it's like no one ever got thrown into it, but it was blocking like all the good throws. It was awful. So uh, that that is a much better game. <laughs> That game has highs and lows for both people. So. Oh yeah, that was that was a nutty game. Yeah. That that game was awesome. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, overall, my thoughts on Malkith. Uh, I haven't played him twice. I think I'm the only one on the cast so far that's actually like played like put him on the table and played him. Uh, he does feel good. I feel like he does more than Dormammu. I think the seventh threat, I like it pretty well. Uh, for putting you know kind of your roster construction together it's not i felt like i'm having an easier time with the seventh threat kind of piecing together stuff at all points levels than i was uh with dormammu at eighth threat um so he's been enjoyable so far Uh, if you guys haven't picked him up i recommend trying him out but uh you played a game as well didn't you brad i did i played against michael it was um let me see if i can remember what the scenario was it was research station and uh infinity formula i was playing brotherhood though and that was not a good setup for me i was playing magneto scarlet witch toad and mystique into his avengers he had captain america uh heimdall that was important loki Iron Man and Black Widow. Um, I went hard in the middle, uh, but I did put. Oh no, no Toad! I had a Koye. I did put a Koye and Scarlet Witch on the flanks. Got ahead in points because I got the middle and two of the Infinity Formulas. Mm-hmm. I kept ahead. I beat the crap out of his people, and um, he had a really good turn that I almost put him back in the game, but. I just had too much violence. How, what did you think of Heimdall? Like on the table? Uh, he was a pain in the butt. Because yeah. he's most of the time spending one to give his people re-rolls. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it seemed like every time he rolled an actual attack with Heimdall, Heimdall put somebody down. That was luck. Yeah. <laughs> To do that every time, but his attacks aren't bad. Well, I haven't actually, because I haven't, I haven't actually been to the shop to play for almost two months. So, 
uh, Wednesday was actually my my first time out in a while, and uh, I I hadn't yet seen Heimdall on the table, so I was curious how well he did. My, Michael's a good player, so I'm sure he used yeah. him to great effect. But uh, he's great under Steve. Yeah, I think that um, of the again in TTS season, I think of the Avengers uh, rosters that are making uh, the cut. I think that a solid chunk of them are using Heimdall. Oh, at least the rosters that are five one so far. A lot of the, I think it's actually more Steve than it is Sam, uh, that's yeah. made it through, and that they're all using Heimdall. So, I'm not surprised. Yeah, it makes sense. That game, that game probably wouldn't have gone my way if I hadn't played Mystique. Mystique took took care of Loki because you can't use any reactive superpowers. Yeah, 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 yeah. So he couldn't trickster away. He couldn't bodyguard with Steve. He couldn't reroll with Heimdall, and um. Loki sucks for Magneto. So if I didn't have Mystique, I don't, I don't think that game would have went my way. She's so bonkers. She's so good. <laughs> yeah, I love her. All right. Well, uh, for our next uh, kind of new segment that we're introducing to the cast, it's a weekly topic. And one of the ones I wanted to touch on this week was uh, just talking about the overall health of the game and what we think about it so far. I think we're coming up on this is the third year, right? Is that correct? Uh, this would be the third year. Yeah. Yep. So we're coming this up on the... fall is the third full full, full year. year. I got you. So um, just some of the things I want to touch on before I, I kind of go into some statistics about it is that um, I mean we've we've seen like a 1.5 you know rules update. We've seen a lot of the new stuff that they've kind of branched out into this year as far as not just releasing uh, Marvel Crisis Protocol like miniatures, but they're releasing things like uh, dioramas. So I believe that we're seeing uh, the second one. I, is the bunker, uh, the Wolverine Sabretooth bunker, is that a diorama or is that just terrain? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, uh, that it's diorama. So we got two dioramas. So they're, they're definitely interested in you know, touching on like a little bit more of an expanded like hobby aspect of the game, uh, introducing these dioramas. Um, but again, as far as like with rules updates and how they've chosen, you know, to share a bunch of stuff during mini extravaganza, which has been like very popular. Uh, how do you think, I guess, overall with how they're handling the game and just balance wise after everything we've seen so far in the three years, how do you guys feel like playing it? Like, do you feel like this game still very much like holds your interest and you're happy with AMG with how they're choosing to do things? Like, what's your guys' thoughts on the game three years in? Because at least me and you, Brad, we've played since the very, very yeah. beginning. So, yeah, yeah. What, what, what do you guys think so far? I'll go ahead. Uh, uh, oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, I am still very happy with the game. I It seems like it's just growing still like i see people post in the in the facebook groups and stuff that um that they just started playing and stuff all the time and just even locally we've got we've got like potentially nine people showing up and uh tomorrow for that tournament only three of them are from the charleston area two of them are just coming from somewhere in Ohio. They sent me a, a question. I answered it. They signed up and I don't even know where they're coming from. Um, we got people in the Parkersburg area coming down. We had one last month. He's bringing two friends this time. Like it seems like it's growing that people are still getting into the game and I still like playing it. I want to play it more than, any other miniatures game right now what about you fred you you came into it a little bit later what what have you thought with just like the handling of the game and just just everything in general how, how do you feel about the game i feel like amg is getting their stride i feel like uh they are realizing what needs to uh the stuff that needed to change and they also are putting out stuff that is still good and is still fun. Uh, in, in fact, I mean, seeing Malekith on the table only makes me want to play him more. Like, I, 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 
I am into this game quite a bit. I'm still after I've been playing, I think, for about a year now, mm-hmm. perhaps a little longer. Uh, and I am still having a ton of fun every time I put models on the table. Every time I'm playing, I'm enjoying the game. And it is that's just a sign of a a well-crafted and quality game. Yep. I think when you're talking I think about... that it... Oh, go ahead. Uh, uh, you go ahead. I I was just I was done. Oh. I was just say when you're talking about the health of the game, like I think that they are pouring uh just a lot of love into the game and I think that it's right now as it stands even with all these new characters are releasing for 3 years in, I I honestly think that this game is just incredibly well balanced. Like, I, I still yet don't see any factions that just... Like, it, if you get, like, a perfect storm uh, with, like, I don't know, Criminal Syndicate or something like that, like, and you get, you know, Research Station and something else they're good at, like, yes, it does lead into that leadership's favor, but I don't see anything that, like, you know, Affiliation A really trounces Affiliation B. Now, there might be some affiliations that uh, are a little bit behind the curve than a couple of them. But as far as, like, I, I feel like when you're separating each affiliation, it, it's very minuscule, with the exception of, like, maybe Sins and Cyclopses. Like, <laughs> those those leaderships are, are not the best. When you look at an affiliation as, like, a whole, I think that this game is, like, just... It's just incredibly well-balanced uh, just across the board. And as far as... Um, to, to, to Brad's point, locally, we, we're seeing an increase in players. We're seeing... Um, you know, some out-of-state attendees that have been coming by just locally. And I want to point out that when you look at ticket sales for a lot of the events going on, and I don't know if you guys know this or not, but when you look at ticket sales for MCP events, the LVO, I believe, already sold out. Uh, Like, they had 100 tickets, and they sold them within, uh, like, a day or two. And when Michael and I signed up for a second wind like tickets were gone yeah that's another one days. that a second win will be in october and yeah. it is a hard cap 64 player event and i believe that this is the first is this the first second win they they're doing for mcp is that correct no this is the second the second one michael okay. and i michael and i went last year they had um smaller tournament and more covid restrictions because yeah they needed to but yeah it makes sense but like to to your point, like I thought about signing up. Now I ha- I'm on the waiting list. So yeah. the ticket sales everywhere you go. I believe NashCon for MCP sold out. So when you look at all of it, like the ticket sales, all the events are selling extraordinarily fast. And then when you look at the like online community, you see that every year it's growing and growing. And now I believe that there's somewhere close to 300 players, which I, I can't remember exactly what they started out with, but it's I, I feel like it's close to 80 to 100 more than what they had last year. I could be wrong about that number, though, but 300 players online on a league and then you're having all these events uh, selling out now, especially coming out of COVID and stuff like that. So I just feel like the overall health of the game is is doing very, very well and that, you know, more and more people are getting interested in it. I can't see them make an X-Men post. Or something mutant related without a bunch of people freaking out oh, in the comments. Yeah. yeah. So, yep. I just wanted to touch on the health of the game. I want to see what you guys thought. I think that this is some of the healthiest it's ever been, and it looks like it's going in a positive uh, trajectory. So, all right. Well, I think that we're ready to move on to our uh, character review. So, this week we are taking a look at Baron Strucker. Uh, he is going to be part of the new Hydra affiliation, uh, and he is one of the two leaders for Hydra, so let's get into him. Uh, Baron Strucker, Wolfgang Von Strucker, he is a 433 Hold staff. on, hold on. Oh, good. Yeah, so you guys have probably heard that in every person there are two wolves, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Strucker actually has like eight or nine wolves. That's why he's called Wolfgang. Uh, uh, you're uh, awful uh my i think you just took a couple weeks off of my life jesus <laughs> i ought to, to time stamp that that terrible <laughs> shitty joke 
That's a terrible joke. Anyways, aka Wolfgang von Strucker, he is a 4 3 3 stat line. He has uh, <laughs> 5 stam on his healthy side. He's a 3 threat leader, size 2, and a medium mover. Uh, yeah, no, he, uh, no health changes on his injured side. Uh, he comes with 2 attack. Uh, two attacks. He has Plasma Blast, which is a range 3 5 dice. Energy. Uh, you get your standard power equal to damage dealt with a Wild Incinerate attached to it. And then he has a physical attack, the World is Mine, range 2. 7 dice, 4 power cost. And after the attack is resolved, this character removes 1 damage for itself for each uh, damage dealt. So, very much like. Uh, what was it? I am, I am Venom. We are Venom. Is oh. that what the attack's called? What is that attack called? We are, it's we, we, are, are we are Venom, yeah, yeah, there it is. Yeah. Uh, with the only caveat that uh, this is one power more, and it's only range two instead of three, so Venom is so good. Uh, and he can't do it during your opponent's activation. No, he can't. God, <laughs> Venom is so good. Um, Venom. <laughs> he comes with the Hydra High Council leadership, so this is going to be... Uh, it's going to take a second, but this leadership really needs to be... Uh, fully read out to, to get the full breadth of it once per turn after an attack made by an allied character is resolved if the attack dealt damage the allied character may use this leadership ability so only triggering on damage dealt with an attack choose one special condition the allied character has if the defending enemy character does not have the chosen special condition it gains it and then the allied character, the allied attacking character, excuse me, loses that special condition. So when you deal damage to a character, it triggers your leadership, or you, you may trigger your leadership. You can take one condition on you and put it on your, you take it off and put it on the enemy. Uh, do note that this cannot work with stagger because you have to make an attack, and the first thing you do uh, when you start your activation is clear stagger. So you won't be able to. Uh, Shift that off, but anything else, you're good to go. Additionally, once per turn, when an enemy character gains a special condition, the allied character that caused the effect may remove one damage from itself. So, before we keep going into the superpowers, I just want to touch on that really quick. Uh, very unique. We have not seen anything like this in the game as far as uh, leaderships go that uh, manipulates... Uh, special conditions and one of the things is this is a two-part affiliation so uh when you give an enemy character a special condition the ally character may remove a damage that could probably be just a leadership by itself <laughs> but then you have uh, the ability to transfer all the uh the special conditions to uh other enemy characters so a very very neat affiliation uh, going into the superpowers. Um, oh, good. I think it's worth noting that the first part triggers the second part. Yes, correct. Yeah, that's important. Uh, I, uh, I have wait. no, no, no. Oh, do you... uh, it's just once per turn when an enemy character gains a special condition, the ally character. Oh, I, I see what you're saying now. So whenever yeah. you transfer it on there, you you automatically you the could chance. you could heal from that transfer. And that's not once per turn. So like, you know, Strucker could. Sh like put poison on somebody uh, with, with the leadership. It is. It is. Oh, once are they per once per turn? Oh, yeah, it is right. once per turn. You're correct. I. I'm sorry. Yeah. They usually have it at the end of the text. That was in the start of. All right. Go ahead. Uh, what were you saying, Fred? Uh, I was going to ask for some clarity on on how this is worded. Mm -hmm. Does that mean that a total of once per oh once per turn? Yeah. Okay. Okay. That never mind. I've answered it myself. I was going to ask if. Uh, that meant that for a full round, you could only do it once, but it's once per turn, not once per round. So, yeah, yeah. you could do it with each one of, like, let's say uh, you have a bunch of people who specialize in putting out special conditions, you could all heal one yeah. if you if you do it. Yeah. I bet Venom would be really good in this because he just gives out bleed. <laughs> so. Oh, he could heal, Man. and then he could also we'll hit people out of out of activation on, on his turn. So you could, anyways. Man, yeah, we'll get there. Yeah. <laughs> um, so going into the superpowers, he has the active superpower Despore Virus. It is a two power cost, and other characters within three of this character gain the poison special condition. Uh, so everybody, allies, enemies alike, uh, will gain poison. 
He has the reactive superpower Arrogance. One power cost when this character is attacking. Before rolling attack dice, you may use the superpower. During this attack, add skulls in the attack roll to the total number of successes for the attack roll. During this attack, add skulls in the defense roll to the total number of successes for the defense roll. So a, a bit of a weird one. Uh, you give yourself the benefit of skulls, but also give the enemy the benefit of skulls. So. Yeah, that's weird. That's super yeah. weird. Will Will Schick said when he came up with this idea, he was like, "Does this benefit the attacker or the defender?" I don't know, but it seems like arrogance. <laughs> so. <laughs> oh yeah, it's appropriately titled. <laughs> yeah, like sometimes that's gonna absolutely bite him in the ass, but so does arrogance. Uh, for the last two superpowers he has two passive effects he has strategic genius which it operates the same as Baron Zemo's Uh, just a re-roll for one attack die or one defense roll within two of him and that includes himself and then he has a passive healing factor of one so you'll be able to play um... oh shit I'm drawing a blank what's what's the exceptional Exceptional healing there we go you'll be able to play it on him uh on his flip side, uh, there are no changes. No no power costs, no health, and no nothing. Just uh, exactly the same. So, yeah. Uh, what do you guys think about Baron Strucker? Uh, Fred, you want to start? Yeah, I, I think that uh, this is really interesting. I, I, I like Baron Strucker a lot. Uh, one, he's a three cost. That's he, this is, There's a lot on this card for three, three points. Uh, his affiliation is weird but you could bring a a specialist list with i i actually don't know off the top of my head who all is in hydra so i don't know who all has abilities that put out special conditions but my guess is quite a few exist out there and you can pepper in people who are very good at putting out special conditions just for making it the yeah. people who are likely in Hydra in the game, I think, all put out conditions except maybe original Red Skull. Okay. Oh, okay. I think he puts out stun, doesn't he? I think he does. Oh yeah, on his like spender. Yeah. But it's like it's like Baron Zemo and Viper and New Red Skull and Arnim Zola. They all put out conditions. Yeah. This is a this is a conditions faction, and that's real nice. Um, not being able to get rid of stagger hurts, but uh, I mean, how much can you ask for? The arrogance. I, I think the answer is it helps the person rolling the most dice. So it helps usually the attacker. Uh, it, that uh, that skull effect. That I think right. that's statistically how it would work although <laughs> it's not much of an effect <laughs> i mean it is when you pull up a bunch of skulls but that'd be that really with it's really good into scarlet witch it is huh because so, she gets skulls anyway they she doesn't get benefit yeah, yeah so it's good that it doesn't it, as in it doesn't help her <laughs> and then that yeah. it would be good against uh yeah it'd probably be good against domino and probably Malekith, right? Because if they have power, if they have power, yeah, because they're yeah. they're probably turning their skulls into crits anyways. But if they don't do it, then it just becomes a success, so it won't explode. So I don't know. And then on top of everything, he's got strategic genius, which is one of those abilities that comes up all the time. Oh yeah, it's I such mean, a good ability. You you should staple. Uh, exceptional healing to the back of this card, and then go to town. I I, I, I like this. This makes me. <laughs> I was not planning to get into Hydra because there's only so much that I can buy. I only have so much money, AMG. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, I keep thinking about how this would work on the table, and I keep thinking, man, I want to play this. <laughs> what do you think, Brad? What's your thoughts on Baron Strucker? My guy was, the guy with nine wolves in him. Eight or nine. I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not surprised at all that Fred likes this because this is some alchemist-ass bullshit. 
<laughs> These guys seem like they're gonna play like Alchemist and Guild Ball, and that was Fred's main team. So I'm not surprised at all. I I think I think he's really cool design. Um, if I ever play Hydra, which I'm not planning to do, it would be because of Baron Strucker and Baron Zemo. I have had the privilege of putting him on the tabletop as a proxy uh, and playing into, I believe I played into Wakanda. And I did not get to use this leadership. I actually used Red Skull's leadership. But, I mean, he felt pretty good on the table. Um, Despore Virus is really, <laughs> it's obnoxious. Um, it is not so bad on you know certain affiliations but on other affiliations that really like value their power like web warriors or something like that this can be pretty debilitating for them uh plasma blast is a really good attack uh just wild incinerate five dice at range three is really good i love the fact that he's just a three threat leader that has um i mean it's a really unique and fun leadership but having a three threat leader in affiliation I think if you're starting off there, you're already starting off in like a really, really good spot. And the fact that on a three threat or on your leader, you have the ability to take um, shit. I forgot the name of it. Exceptional, exceptional. Healing. God, what is going on? Exceptional healing. Uh, the fact that you can take that to protect your leader is uh, really, really, really good. Uh, it's such right, a good yeah. safety net to have. Um, I'm not a huge fan of arrogance. Like it's cheeky when it comes up, but Ah, I, I don't know. I don't know that I, I care for it as much yeah. unless there's some kind of jank that you can do with it. But I think the thing that excites me the most is to like take him with a little bit more of a wider roster with characters that can put out conditions and then also play on like Terrigen Mist and um, uh, Fisk. Yeah, the one that gives out stun. I think that that yes. would be really, really good. And probably what you want to be doing if you're wanting to play Strucker as your leader. So, uh, like, I, I've go- got a uh, here's an interesting little play. Uh, you could take, uh, you could take Strucker and use that con- uh, the virus on a bunch of your own people, and then have your own people then hit your opponents and give them the virus. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, 100%. Like, you, you can know get... who I want to play with him? Omega who? Red. Yeah, I was, was getting ready to say. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Omega Red was one of the ones in my roster for this guy. <laughs> okay. Could you imagine, like, a pla- like, two Plasma Blasts into two different characters? Let's say that, like, he's just been flipped or something like that. You do two Plasma Blasts. Uh, into a couple different characters, you know, you get your strategic genius rerolls. You despore virus on something that's like a demons or a gamma or something. You give a ton of people poison, and then you immediately follow me and have Omega Red go in and oh my do that damage Holy to everyone Lord. before before uh, they have a chance to like get out of the way or shake it or anything. That's, that's yes, <laughs> that seems really good. I think he kills. And, oh, him. and then. Several characters because they'll also be incinerated. Yeah. Yep. And uh, he then he heals two on his turn because he heals one from giving out the poison and then he heals one from healing factor. Mm-hmm. Does he have healing factor? No, but, not Omega Red. I meant I mean, oh, Baron, Baron Strucker. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It seems good. So. Uh, but yeah, all, all in all, I think a very fun character, a very different character. You know, just when you think that you know, where can they go with their design space? They 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 do something like this. So I think it's pretty cool. So we can kind of go on to our rating. So this is a new character. So hot take rating. Uh, what are we giving him? Let's start with you, Brad. Well, I think he is a very solid leader pick. Um. Probably not going to be played as a splash character. Um, I disagree. You think he'll be splashed outside he, he of gives affiliation? Genius. He strategic does give strategic genius. genius. I mean, he has Zemo, a range... gets, Zemo gets 
splashed all the time. For yeah, four and he's got a people. range three energy attack with incinerate. Yeah, <laughs> that 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 just solidifies that I'm going to give him an A minus. Okay, because I usually only I reserve A's for P characters who are going to get splashed. This is going to give him an A minus anyway. I'm I feel pretty good about that. A minus. All right, Fred, what do you got? Yeah, yeah, a gentleman's A. Uh, a, a gentleman's A on this guy. He, I think he's going to get splashed a lot. Uh, I think that he, I mean, he may not be able to do the same stuff that Baron Zemo does, but he will be just as, I think he can be just as useful on the table as Baron Zemo and still give that thing, give that strategic genius aura bubble. Okay. I like this character a lot. I, I, I'm, I'm, and he can be a leader. I, I'm into it. I'm, I'm giving him an A. All right. I don't. I think I'll, I'll slightly disagree on the splash. I think I'm, I'm with Brad in that camp where I don't know if Brad has switched camps. That's right. So. You did. You went to a different camp. <laughs> so now I'm by myself. I came to hang out, and then he got in his fucking car and left, and now I'm here. Um, <laughs> I don't know that I I don't know that I just yet see the splash. I feel like for the three threat, you could probably like I don't know with the superpowers or attacks, he does anything. Like I feel like I would just rather have Zemo. However, as a leader, I think that this is just a really fun and a really unique leadership. Like I absolutely love it. Uh, I think that having a three threat leader makes him right there really strong i don't like so much that he only has 10 health but when you pair that with the ability to you know heal from your leadership plus he has healing factor plus if you really somebody tries to focus him and you have like a really big beater come in and because i think if you don't one shot him or one round like yeah pretty much get him with one character if he gets to activate I feel like a lot of your work will probably get undone. Um, and then if you get really spiked, you have uh, exceptional healing to fall back on. God, I thought I was going to forget the name of it again, but I didn't. Um, <laughs> you, you have that to fall back on. So I actually think that he is, and, and plus you have strategic genius. So really, with the reroll added in, he's more like five four four or something sort of similar to that than he really is four three three. So I think he's actually more survivable than like his health pool would let on. Um, so I, I'm pretty high on him. I think that he's just a really fun character and I think I'm going to go with the A minus as well. I think that he, he's really decent. So yeah, yeah, that, uh, uh go ahead. So, uh, I was, I was thinking about it with arrogance. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that, uh, he gets a reroll innately because of strategic genius. Yeah. Uh, you you won't be re-rolling a skull because you can't. So skulls are going to persist. If he gets lots of re-rolls through other ma means, maybe there are cards that he'll get that allow him to re-roll stuff. Mm -hmm. I mean, that may the more re-rolls you get, we know his the cards. more. Oh, we do. We know all of his cards. Yeah, he doesn't have okay. rolls. Okay, well, never mind. But uh, I was I was gonna say the more re rolls you get, the more valuable arrogance becomes. Well, the thing yeah, is, because... yeah, the thing is, I, I think the one thing that kind of <laughs> turns me off a little bit is that you you pay before you roll your attack dice. Which that is true. I get that the, is true. I get the theme of it. Uh, I just I don't know. I I guess I wish. It, it would maybe... be better if it were kind of like um, uh, Killmonger's being able to look at the what you rolled and then yeah. determine what you want. If you want shields or hits, now but if then you it's had... not arrogance. Well, if you had, if they had a timing, <laughs> step, I don't know. I have to look at the timing step. If they had something like right after he rolls attack dice, so like he would roll and then pay, and then the defender would roll dice. Yeah, they um, could time it that they, way. They, they but... could time it like that. So, like, you would see your roll, and you'd be like, oh, I got two skulls, let me count these. And then, then you pay, and then your opponent rolls their defense dice. Yeah, and then I maybe... still think that doesn't fit the flavor as well. No, no, it doesn't. <laughs> I, I guess I'm just looking at it from a pure 
uh, I guess competitive, like not even competitive. Yeah, that's not how they design that ability. Jared. That's not really how they design this care, like this game. Like they, they they design it with fluff and flavor. I think foremost, not that this game's not competitive. I think this game's very competitive, but I think that they definitely value keeping the theme and flavor uh, true before anything else. But all right, well, uh, Baron Strucker, yeah, uh, solid round of A's coming uh, from the Crit Hit Wild Group. Uh, We'll take a look at a comic book recommendation now. Uh, so what do you have for us this week for Baron Strucker as far as comics go, Brad? All right, Wolfgang Von Strucker. The guy with nine I have, Yes, eight or nine. Uh, <laughs> I have three recommendations. Um, one of them is the reason I have any attachment to this character at all. But the first one is called Excalibur True Friends which is just a great name. Uh, it's by Chris Claremont and Rick Leonardi. Uh, this takes place in 1936, where Shadowcat Kitty Pride um, and Rachel Summers have traveled back in time. Uh, they team up with uh, this guy named Logan. He seems like kind of a loner and a grump. And uh, Moria McTaggart's ancestor... Maybe her grandpa, I couldn't, like, I didn't reread these issues, and I couldn't find how he was related, like, directly, but he is. Um, but they try to stop Strucker and the Shadow King from messing with the royal family and installing a monarch with Nazi sympathies. Uh, this is the comic where Kitty wants to just go ahead and kill Hitler before the war nice uh she's really gonna quentin tarantino yeah (laughs) this is not on marvel unlimited yet oh they they are converting um the excalibur is being converted to omnibuy omnibuses whatever the correct pluralization is and as stuff gets put in an omnibus they digitalize it and put it on there so it should be there Soonish, is but this, it is not. Is this the first uh, recommendation we've had that was not on Marvel Unlimited? It is at least the first one I know is not on Marvel Unlimited. I'm almost positive I, this I have, is the first one. I I have not a hundred percent checked everything I've recommended, uh, but I went ahead and checked this one. And it's not on there. The other two recommendations are, uh. So when I was on vacation, they did an episode without me. And uh, I told them they couldn't do Strucker because I wanted to talk about this next comic. Oh, is is Uncanny X-Men 161 by Chris Claremont and Dave Cockrum. Uh, This is a very important issue for the X-Men. So uh, most of it takes place in a flashback. And uh, Baron Strucker kidnaps this woman named Gabby Haller in some sort of plot to get some Nazi gold. And uh, two men stand in his way. Uh, Their names are Charles Xavier and Magnus. Who are those people? Uh, Well, you definitely know who Charles Xavier is. No, I'm I'm totally trolling. Go ahead. (laughs) Okay. So this is the issue that establishes that Charles uh, and Eric Magneto knew each other uh, right after World War II, um, which this is the first time that's ever appeared, and we're friends. Um, Gabby Haller is the mother of Charles Xavier's child, um, Legion. Uh, so there's a lot of history, and this is the reason why I have any affection at all for Strucker, is because he's the bad guy in this issue. Okay. Uh, the last one is a way more modern comic, because that one is from the 80s. It's called Secret Warriors. It's the first volume. It's by Brian Michael Bendis, Jonathan Hickman, which, Jared, you should know. He's the guy who wrote the Infinity comic that you really like. Yep. And uh, Stefano Caselli. So this is 
not from that long ago. The entire series is what I'm recommending because Strucker is like the main villain throughout. But um, even though he was active pre-World War II, Strucker's still around in the comics. Um, This series is about uh, Hydra has corrupted S.H.I.E.L.D. So Fury puts together a group called the Secret Warriors. Um, The Secret Warriors fight Strucker's Hydra High Command, which you'll notice that's the name of his leadership throughout the entire series. Um, I haven't read that many issues of this comic, just a few here and there, but they were very good, and this is a very good creative team, so you won't be disappointed by this comic. Awesome. There's also a lot of appearances by Gorgon, and Gorgon's one of the Nazis I like. I don't know that I'm familiar with that character. Gorgon's a mutant. Um, his mutant power is if he looks at you, you turn into stone. Makes sense. But but he hardly ever uses his power um, because it's too easy. So he normally wears a blindfold and fights people with a sword. Well, that's more badass. Yeah. Yeah, it's way more badass. So he blindfolds himself and fights you with a sword. He's pretty cool. What's all these Nazis and swords? Baron Zemo, Gorgon. They love their swords. Baron Zemo will use whatever. They just chose to model him with a sword. He's a master swordsman. Says so on the card. He is a master swordsman, (laughs) but he also uses guns, bombs. Yeah, that's fair. All right, well, thank you, Brad. Uh, For our last segment, we have... Fred's non sequitur recommendations. So what do you have this week, Fred? Yeah. So, uh, what with us seeming to do a lot of characters that are in theory based in the, in the forties, my, my, the challenge I've laid out for myself is to, to only give recommendations that are, uh, classics. I'm giving classics recommendations. Okay. So, and today, I'm going to be bringing a movie that is a fantastic movie starring Faye Dunaway and Jack Nicholson. Uh, and it's a movie called Chinatown. Ooh, good choice. Uh, yeah. Uh, this movie has... It, it's full of all of this really interesting detective work that is done by by Jack Nicholson's character. And there are, I don't want to spoil anything because uh, I think that all of you should go out and watch this if you haven't seen it. Uh, But there are some moments in this that your jaw will hit the floor. There's a scene with Faye Dunaway that uh, she acts so exceptionally well that I I was at the edge of my seat. And this is a movie that was made quite a while ago. (laughs) So... Uh, I highly recommend this movie, uh, and I, I suppose that's it. <laughs> All right. It is very good. Fred, do you it, know the, the story about the bandage he wears for most of the movie? Uh, I Well, I mean, so I know that the, the person in, who gave him that is the director of the movie. Yes. Yeah, uh, yeah. he had said something and pissed him off. So he he quickly wrote in that scene where he gets cut. So he had to wear a bandage the rest of the movie. Yeah, uh, uh, to cover the, up his fate. Movie, yeah, the movie was uh, uh, directed by Roman Polanski, a thoroughly canceled individual. <laughs> oh yeah, he's terrible. But the movie yeah, is very uh, good. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Fred. Uh, yeah, that wraps us up for this week. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Uh, stay tuned for next week's cast. I think we're going to be doing Nick Fury and, uh, Senior and, the uh, Howling Commandos. So, yeah. uh, stay tuned. And if you're not subscribed to the channel or you haven't checked the channel out yet, if you're maybe listening to this on Spotify, uh, go over there and give us a, give us a view. We have a bunch of gameplay videos, uh, that we already have up there and we'll have some new ones with some of the newer characters, uh, hopefully release them within the next week or so. So, uh, but yeah, thanks guys. Bye. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, Hey Jared, yeah. one more thing. Uh, it's Chinatown. Nice. <laughs> God. <laughs> uh, bye. <laughs>